this week's episode, we're a day late, but we definitely aren't shorting you on good books. Excellent indie titles, including a brand new historical fiction I am dying to talk about, will give you plenty to pick up in your next trip to the comic shop. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. We may be a day late, but I have plenty of dollars. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded right, though, right? Yeah, we, it worked. We are a day late. My week got away from me. It mm-hmm. was all sorts of mayhem, calamity, and chaos. And so, unfortunately, if you're getting this, a day late. Is what it is. <laughs> That's how the cookie crumbles. Sometimes life gets in the way. It's true. Uh, so we're going to kick it off. The first book we want to talk about is A Righteous Thirst for Revenge. Uh, this is from Image Comics. Uh, it's a new Rick Remender book with art by Andre Lima Araujo. 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 I'm sorry. I endlessly apologize for the amount of names that... I mispronounce on here. Uh, this book was very cool. It's a very visual book. Uh, we see an individual as he is riding public transit in order to get somewhere to somebody. I don't know who or why. Um, and he stumbles across a gruesome moida, which presumably kicks off the revenge. We leave the first issue not knowing much about the main character, his plights, his story, his grimes anything and i like it i dig it uh it's like i said it's very very visual it's very dialogue light um but the art is amazing it's just really beautiful uh and it's i don't know it's a cool start to a book i I liked i'm intrigued by the start of the book t what do you think i am always a fan of books that are able to utilize the the medium to a next level so, like, for instance, I'm a big fan of poetry that puts words all over the page and, like, makes it different and does something different with it. And I feel like that's kind of what they did with this, is that it's, like you said, a very visual novel. It's not entirely without dialogue. There are instances of, you know, mm-hmm. communication. But the way that it's drawn and presented and the way that it's depicted is so straightforward and well articulated without being articulated that you don't need a whole lot of dialogue you know exactly what's going on you know exactly what's happening and i think that's really really cool that shows they're using the comic medium to its fullest extent and Mm -hmm. i think that's awesome yeah from the base we have you know what potentially is going to be kind of a neo-noir neo-western-ish kind of revenge tale probably uh, again, we don't know much about this individual that uh, is traveling on these buses trying to get somewhere. We don't know why he's trying to get where he's getting. Uh, so there's a lot of information that's still kind of up in the air. But even despite all that, uh, I found myself being really invested and really interested in what, where the story is going to go and finding out more about this character. Uh, so this will be a cool one to kind of keep up with. Agreed. As these mysteries unlock uh next we have a book from oni uh this is called dirtbag rapture uh written by christopher Savella with art by kendall good 
Uh, this focuses on an individual who, for all intents and purposes, is some sort of medium. Uh, she, but her very unique medium kind of concept, uh, her thing isn't necessarily just communicating with the dead. She actually is effectively a ride share uh, for dead people. So dead people who die, when you die, if you become a ghost, because apparently not everybody becomes a ghost, if you become a ghost, you're like tethered to a like three block radius um and her basic duty job i guess because she demands money for it uh is she ferries these dead people from where they died to where they would prefer to haunt so whether that be their home or some place that they like uh she basically has dead people come up to her and say hey take me to this place and she takes them to that place uh, she is awful, kind of. <laughs> She's fine. Like, I know people like her, and I am friends with people like her, but she drinks and does drugs and parties and, has you a know, bit of an has a bit of an attitude, <laughs> hence the dirt bag. Uh, and ultimately, by the end of the book, she gets wrapped up with somebody who is not who they say they is. <laughs> That kicks off kind of the thrust of the series. T, what'd you think? I loved this book. <laughs> Me too. I, I admittedly, from first page, I was a little like, eh, this is going to be just one of those books where they're just sort of salty for salty sake and yeah. just another character that's kind of being edgy to be edgy. But like, that only lasted the first like three pages. And this is a big book. Like, to me, it felt ch like... There was always something else happening. There was always more details coming on the next page. Yeah, and like more you know, depth. this one compared to the first one we talked about was incredibly laden with dialogue. It is a very text-heavy book. Yeah, it's they just spend, very thick. Spend most of every panel utilizing the maximum amount of space that they have to put text on to tell you what's happening. Yeah, yeah. So it felt like every page, some new information was relayed. I think it's a very unique story. It's a very interesting story. I hadn't, I mean, you hear a lot about like mediums and whatever, but you don't hear a lot about, you know, the transportation of ghosts. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. She's kind of a dirt bag, but also very relatable. And I feel like I'm sometimes <laughs> kind of a dirt bag. So Aren't I'm like, all? I feel you girl. Yeah. The, uh, I agree with what you said about how I kind of went into this expecting this to be like, oh, look, she's a bad person because this story particularly demands that she's a bad person. But no, she was a, a very believable kind of dirtbag and she's very aware of her dirtbaggedness. Yeah. Um, you know, we see a flash to her before the whole ghost incident when she was like working for a law firm. She kind of makes reference and in, in the things that she does, uh, that she was a dirtbag then, too. So it's not even just like, I'm a dirtbag because society looks down on me. Puffs from American spirit. Um, <laughs> it's like, you know, I was a lawyer once and I was kind of a dirtbag then, too. And even though I'm not a lawyer anymore, I'm still kind of a dirtbag. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she's, is, she's accepting of it as her personality, as a personality trait. And... You know, a lot of times when we make characters like this, especially a lot of the ones that pop up in comics, they're like crappy people, but also incredibly arrogant 
or they're crappy people and incredibly downtrodden. And she's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's like, she knows she's kind of shitty at times and isn't necessarily fine with it, but also isn't apologetic for it and is like, whatever. This is who I am. This is what I do. You'd probably be like me, too, if you were dealing with these circumstances. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and that's the thing, too, is, is it's not even in reference of, like, I'm crappy to people because I've got this supernatural ability. It's just, like, I'm a crappy person who has a supernatural ability. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I ended up liking this book a lot more. It is very text-heavy. Very. Uh, they, they don't do a lot of visual storytelling in this one. <laughs> No. This is very, like, we're going to explain to you everything that's happening. Yeah. Um, which, hey, there's a time and place. Uh, different strokes for different folks and whatnot and other colloquialisms I can come up with. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, this one's cool. I haven't gotten much from Oni, so uh, it's nice to have something coming out of there that's really unique. And, I mean, again, one of the more unique takes on the whole medium trope that I've ever seen, so... I like it. Uh, next up, this is a one-shot from uh, Heavy Metal. Uh, they're Magna Comics with an X line. Uh, <laughs> comics. Uh, it's called Intrusion. It was written by Ethan Sachs with art by Marco Lorenzana. 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 Uh <laughs> Hi, artist. Good job. Um, is this where you thought you'd be? You can get to a point where some douchebag with a podcast mispronounces your name because it's funny. I hope so. I hope I hope you feel like you made it. We hope this is where you always want to be. I've, I don't feel like I made it, so here we are. Um, it's just you and me. Literally, if you're listening to this, it's just you and me. <laughs> it's been a weird week. Um, yes, Intrusion. This book is amazing. Um, I'm going to go ahead and preface that before I do my whole synopsis thing. I love the concept of this book. Is it very quick? Yes. It is a bit, because of the nature of this book, it is a bit rushed. The pacing is a bit dramatic. Uh, but the concept of this book is really cool. Really Gucci. That said, this book is about a group of French settlers who are forced out of Acadia, Canada, by the British and are having to set up shop in the swamps of Louisiana. They are tired and bitter and losing faith in God because of being ripped away from this wonderful land and being forced to settle in this harsh, the swampy environment. You know, they went from the beautiful shores of Acadia to mosquitoes and gators and beads and topless women down in Louisiana. <laughs> um, as they set up shop, they eventually find that there are monsters in them. that are mucks. <gasps> Uh, and the conflict happens, people are found dead, and the father goes to the monster's hive to get his revenge, and there's kind of a tragic, uh, tragic dig two graves type of ending. 
And then you flip the comic over. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. And what you get is effectively the same story told from the perspective of the quote-unquote monsters. These fish people, these cryptids that exist in the swamps and are doing very much the same thing that the French people are doing. are just trying to live their lives and raise their family and deal with being ousted by humans. Uh, in this case, the French. Um, T, what do you think? I really liked this. A, I'm really glad that I read it in the right direction. Because it's entirely possible that I could have accidentally read the other yes, side Yes, you want to start with the side that doesn't have the barcode. Yeah. The barcode side is the back, technically. Yes. But I guess it really wouldn't matter too, too much, but it does have a different effect. I think it does. Um, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was very well done. I thought it was very effective. Um, I don't know that I've read many other comics. I think only maybe one other comic that's done the like flip in the middle type of um, storytelling style, mm-hmm. which is a really cool way to use the comic medium. Like I said, it's it's a neat way to employ something and, and put the medium to the max capacity. Um, that being said, those French people were buttheads and they were very rude <laughs> and I don't appreciate them. Yeah. And I am hashtag team cryptid. Um, and that's about it. This book is... <laughs> Heavy with the dangers of being quick to anger, the dangers of resentment and revenge, the dangers of colonialism and xenophobia. Uh, it's, I agree with T, you definitely want to make sure that you read it the right way because going through, you see a lot of behind the scenes things that you don't see in the French people's story, in the settler story, in the fish people's story. Uh, and it really creates, it really just expounds on the tragedy of the whole situation. Um, and yeah, I love, I love the flip in the middle book style. One of my favorite issues of a comic ever created is one of those. It's an issue of ice cream man. I don't know the number, but it is an anagram. So it is the same sequence of dialogue, whether you read it from front to back or back to front and the story changes depending on which direction you read it. Wow. So, like, the same dialogue points are, you know, the sixth dialogue line that you hear is the same coming from the front as it is coming from the back, but it has different meaning based off of the visuals of the book. Wow. Um, That's cool. It's amazing. It's one of the coolest treatments of the comic medium ever, and I think the flip book style has that kind of potential. You know what I mean? Like, there are companies that do flip books where it's like, this book going this way and then a different book going that way. And that's not as, that's fine. Whatever. Less exciting, but super, but like doing a flip book kind of thing where two stories meet in the middle or the story changes, depending on how you read it and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of cool things you can do in the comic medium. And I think I hope to see more people kind of trying to do this. You can read it from back to front or front to back and you get a different take on it. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it would have been cool for this one, too. I mean, it would have been hard, but it would have been cool if you could have continued reading it after the flip. Oh, but yeah. It kind of like a times arrow kind of thing, but whatever. Flipping it, was... it and then reading it back into the center was also very, very cool. Yeah. Cool book. Really, really good cool. book. Art was fine. Sorry, artist. It was fine. It was pretty. <laughs> 
Yeah. I like the design of the fish people. Yeah. Fish so. people were cool. Uh, and then finally, as T shakes with anticipation, because Yee! I know, <laughs> I saw this book. I was like, so every week I make a list of books that we need to pick up. Yep. Our normal books. And then there's all the number ones that come out. And then we spend way too much money on comics. Uh, and I go home in a panic attack. Uh, <laughs> about right, yeah. And this week I was like, mm, out. Hmm, okay. Out number one from AWA. Uh, this is, I'm going to put this in italics. This is going to be, from time to time, there's ones that I put in italics because I want to kind of flip through them a little bit and make sure that there's something I think we can talk about on the podcast. So I'm not just buying every number one because there are a lot of bad number ones. <laughs> um, there's, why... a, there's a lot of comic companies coming out and they can't all be gold. That's why you're listening to us, right? Exactly. So you don't pick up uh, the ones? So I picked this one up. Opened it to, like, one page and saw, like, a Nazi scientist rigging up some sort of device on a cross. And I was like, well, we're getting this one. That's <laughs> how it is. Uh, this is out, number one. I do not know what the name is in reference to, but out, number one, written by Rob Williams with art by Will Conrad. Uh, this shows it's a historical fiction book hence t's excitement yay uh and it opens with the nazis uncovering some sort of arcane occult thing uh and then flashes to a bunch of pow's from england and america that are being transported to a new pow camp not one of those piddly poor Rod iron fences and barbed wire camps. No, no. They're going to a freaking castle in the mountains. (laughs) Um, And then dark things start happening. And there's some sort of ritual and the Nazis are up to no good and doing occult shit. Because that's what they did in historical fiction. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, hmm. What Normally, after I give (laughs) my explanation of the story... My elevator pitch, as it were, for the books that we're reading. Uh-huh. I typically ask a question. Uh-huh. Um, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? Oh, uh, T. Yeah. What did you think of this one? I love Hellboy. <laughs> I love Uber. I love all of the scenarios where you have Nazis being D-bags, messing with the cult stuff that they shouldn't be messing with. Wolfenstein. And then Wolfenstein. Yeah. Uh, all of it. All of it is great. All of it is good. It all has the same plot, and I love that plot, and I want that plot done a bazillion more times because it makes me happy. And this is just another one to add to the fire, and I'm super here for it. It's interesting, and it's a different take because now we've got, like, POWs involved. Normally it's focused on the scientists, or it's focused on, like, the soldiers that are going to fight them. But this is about, like, the POWs on the inside. So it's a different take, so it's different. Yeah. I think it's called out because the POWs are trying to get out and also the Germans have let something out onto the POWs. So it's a play. It's it's creative. <laughs> there's a castle. There's occult stuff. There's biblical stuff. There's Nazis. It's awesome. I, what, yeah. what else is there to say? I like, it was great. <laughs> I like making the main character a linguist. 
That was cool. So the main character is a Comanche codebreaker. So he knows languages. He's trained to know languages. Yep. Some random POW starts freaking out in Welsh, and he starts calming him down in Welsh. You know, he speaks German, he speaks Czech, and, like, all of this different stuff. I think that's really cool in a creature-type book yeah. to make a focus on languages. I and I, I'm excited to see how they use that. And if there's some sort of, like, we're going to befriend the villain or the the monster kind of thing going on or if it's just going to play in some other way i hope the language plays some sort of important part yeah you know what i mean because you don't really see linguists as a main character that often you don't and they really like lean heavily into focusing on his linguistical aptitude like Mm -hmm. our first introduction to him is him being ostracized because since he can speak german people everyone assumes he's a a traitor yeah. yeah He's a he's a plant. Yeah, it's just normally in these kind of in these kind of like historical fiction things, like Nazis have a monster, oh god help. It's usually like weird special forces team alpha or like if it was the POWs, it would be like we finally caught you, BJ Blaskowitz. Yeah, the exactly. Deadly hound of the Allies who's killed hundreds of thousands of Nazis, but now you're our prisoner. And then, you know, it'd be like a, a Willy's Wonderland kind of thing where it's yeah. like he's just a badass and it's like, there's monsters. You're not trapped in here, or I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. And that was a weirdly good Nick Cage. Thank you. Too, by the way. Yeah. I've should work a lot on of that. Nick yeah. Cage movies. Speaking of, there was a Willy's Wonderland comic uh, this week. Notice we're not talking about it. It was fun though. You should pick it up. Um, it was it was fun. Just it it was as fun as the movie. Um, <laughs> but anyway, out number one. Pick Super it up. good. Go get it. Especially if you're anything like me and have consumed all the other Nazi demon occult monster content. We never did see that one with the castle. The one with uh. It had the dude from Agents of Shield. In it. Oh yeah, we got we, we got to get we on that. We did see that. What was that one called? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we never saw it. We'll fu- we'll watch that because that one's you on my monster. list. That one's on my you list. Call yourself a Nazi fan. Wait, <laughs> hold on. Wind it back. Let's rearticulate and clarify. No, I am a fan of watching Nazis get their butt handed to them after they're playing with dangerous occult things that they shouldn't be. There's the correct soundbite, <laughs> internet. And you call yourself a Nazi entrepreneur. Stop! <laughs> I'm going to get fired. <laughs> and clip that and email. <laughs> That's going to do it for us. Uh, if you liked what you heard, for some reason, um, <laughs> you can find more episodes on coverbepodcast.com. Uh, you can also find us on the internet in various socialized medias, such as Facebook and Instagram, as long as the staff's able to get into the building. <laughs> TikTok, as long as the Republicans aren't in charge of the government. And then Twitter. People kind of seem okay with Twitter. Twitter hasn't has not really been anything very serious about Since Twitter Since the lately. new president, Twitter's just been like quietly skating by. <laughs> yeah. TikTok's got China ties and Facebook and Instagram. Somebody padlocked the door or something. I don't know. (laughs) So you never know. We might not be on those anymore because those will disappear. But 
You'll always have Twitter. Oh, Twitter. <laughs> I say this like two days from now. Twitter's going to go down. Twitter's hacked! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> what have I done? It wasn't us, preemptively. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I hope everybody has a good weekend. Sorry for the late episode. Sometimes that's going to happen. Life gets in the way. It is what it is. Uh, when you have a job that is kind of irregular. Demanding. You know what I mean? The word's demanding. Well, I'm not even talking about the demanding. I'm just meaning that your workload is never predictable. It's true. You know? It's true. It's like one week it could be like, oh, cool, I got like two things to do. And one week it could be like, oh, cool, everybody needs me. Pardon me, I'm going to go drown myself in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> but we will have more things coming out. we got a graphic novelty coming out on Monday. Yes. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. And until then, we will catch you back here for the next episode of Cover, Cover B. B. Love you guys. Bye.